Welcome, everybody, to the Grace Groups Leaders Podcast. This is our inaugural first episode, and uh, we're happy to have you join us. And I'm sitting here with the uh, Connections Directors from the campuses of Grace, and there's Kent sitting here, Andrew, Ryan, and Blake. What's up, everybody? Lynn didn't get a chance to introduce himself, actually. Lynn comes to us with over 20 years of small group leading experience hails from well not originally but hails to us from california from orange county from saddleback where that guy rick warren is so i'm missing my sandals and beach shirt (laughs) yes nice yeah but lynn lynn's going to be driving the bus for us uh in these conversations that we have together but we're glad to have everybody here and all right so why don't we have why don't we everybody else introduce yourself briefly Kent, you want to start us off? Absolutely. So uh, my name's Kent. I have the great pleasure of serving as the Connections Director for our Olathe campus. Um, also get to serve uh, online as our online campus pastor. Okay. Andrew. Uh, my name is Andrew Schumann. I've been here at Grace for four years and a couple months. I am a recovering worship leader. <laughs> I was previously the worship director at the North Campus, but now I am the Connections Director. So, yeah. All right, and then we also have Ryan here. Yeah, I'm Ryan Smith. I'm the Connections resident at the Olathe campus. Some say I'm Kent 2.0. Um, well, that's <laughs> better to be determined. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. I've been here for um, about two months now, um, but I've been a gracer for nine months or for nine years. So, yeah. All right, Blake. Did you really introduce yourself? Now I spend most of my time introducing you, Lynn. That's the priority. <laughs> but my name is Blake Feinif. Um, lead groups and connections at the South Overland Park campus. Been about, I'm going up on about two years here at Grace. So, and uh, we're just excited to get this kicked off and uh, I think it's going to be great. We just want this to be an opportunity for you to um, sort of be among some conversations that we get to have about something we're really passionate about, which is Grace groups and bringing people together and spiritual growth. All right, so to kick off this podcast, we picked the topic we thought may be most important to small groups, for grace groups, and that is community. Building community, what's community all about? How do you do it? So we're going to start off with, what do we mean when we're talking about community? When we use that word community for grace groups, Blake, what are we really talking about? Yeah, I think we can all speak to this, that Uh, All of us and everyone who's listening to this, if you're leading a grace group, you come from different backgrounds, from different churches. You may have some experience being in a group. You may have no experience before this being in a group. But when we say community, there's a lot of different ways we could define that. But what we really mean, the term that we try to use is your extended spiritual family. So the people that you do life with on a regular basis. So did you did you guys have typical like Thanksgiving experiences growing up? <laughs> I don't know if you call them typical, but yeah, I had Thanksgiving experiences. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a better way to ask that question. I mean, so the the typical kind of the Norman Rockwell painting experiences, uh, and everyone's kind of getting together, and you've got different people from walks of different walks of life that they all contributing. They all brought food. They're right. all together for a specific purpose. Maybe you've got the the kids table uh, or maybe you've got the people that they've sort of maybe they were supposed to have graduated, but they're still at the kids table in some capacity. 
Um, but they're all there for a specific purpose, doing life together. And that's really what we mean when we say extended spiritual family. So when we, we talk about doing life together, one of the things that I, that I think is important for us to maybe toss out is this unique challenge that you guys have as grace group leaders because we're really dealing with a, a culture of people in America that may not realize as much as they should that they actually need community in the first place versus just a group to be a part of. So I think it's important yeah. right off the bat to, to just say, like you're in an uphill battle from the beginning just being a grace group leader because of the unique challenge of this. Because in America, we're, you guys can attest to this, we're used to, uh, I've got, like for me, I've got my, my wife and my three kids and the American way is that we go Lone Ranger and we do life right. on mm. our own and we don't really need anybody else. And, and, uh, and so this concept of doing life together in other parts of the world, and you guys can speak to this too. In other parts of the world, it's very, very normal to do life with people anyway. Mm -hmm. And even in the book of Acts, when we see these groups forming for the first time, they were already doing life together anyway, but then they oriented to Jesus. But in America, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty different. It's kind of the reverse of that, really. So, yeah, well, and I can even remember growing up, neighborhoods used to be communal. We're talking about community or using the word to commune. Uh, but now neighborhoods are mostly just people pulling into their driveways and you see your neighbors perhaps as the door is going down, mm. uh, but they're not as communal as they once were. Um, but yeah, it's just a different mindset. So have you guys had experiences where there was good community in grace groups or small groups as compared to experiences where there wasn't quite the same kind of community? What have your experiences been like? Yeah, I've, I've been in a grace group that had excellent community before i remember i had just moved here to kansas city and i was uh, dating my now wife Brittany, and so i was here all by myself in kansas city didn't know a single person when i moved here uh, to work at grace and i met these probably five or six guys here at the south campus where this is before the north campus was launched and i was working here at the south campus and uh there's still some of my best friends today and we were in a small group but more than that that small group kind of created the core of, of our social circle in general. So we spent time together, we knew each other, we could call each other out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as we as we all grew and aged, it, you know, it went from a bunch of guys that were either single or maybe dating someone to people who were all engaged. And now we've been each other's groomsmen and uh, just yeah. live life together. You know, this is great. We're still good friends. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So to kick it off here, is there some biblical basis for this idea of having community in the church? Um, you know, that's what we're talking about, community in our grace group. So is there some sort of biblical basis for this? I don't think so, Lynn. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, the next question. The next question yeah, well, yeah. We could probably just end this entire podcast if that's the case. Um, I think so. I think it's really, I think you see it throughout Scripture, from the beginning all the way through. Um, I mean, if you think of it this way, God himself is a community. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, when he created the first human on this planet, uh, it's it's God and Adam in the garden, and he tells Adam, "Hey, it's not good for you to be alone." But he wasn't alone, you know. He was with God, uh, but even God was saying, "This isn't enough. I've got something I want you to accomplish here on this earth that you need others to do and to be with you in." And so you kind of see this throughout. And then, of course, the New Testament template that we have. Well, you know, we've got the greatest group leader that ever existed. 
uh, in Jesus who started that pattern himself. Like he himself needed community uh, in what he was doing. And then when you see the church launch in Acts chapter 2, you see these communities who they gathered at the synagogue for this kind of main teaching, this new doctrine they were getting from the apostles. And then they would go home in their homes from house to house uh, to kind of work this out together, this new teaching together and live in it together. So um, yeah, I definitely think there's a biblical precedent for community all the way throughout. Yeah, when I when I read that section in Acts chapter two and it says that they sold possessions to yeah. help those that were in physical need, mm-hmm. I mean, would you like to be in a grace group where people loved each other so much they would actually sell their possessions to help other people that were right. in need? Yeah, I'd like to be in that kind of a. That's a good group. That's good. I think we'll be chasing that Acts two model for the rest of our lives in terms of experiencing community like that. And I know for me, the closer I've gotten to experiencing that in groups, it is infectious, and it almost it actually uh, earlier in life I had a group experience that was very similar to this, but then to the point where it almost made me kind of a snob with groups after that. Because then I would go and visit groups and I'm like, these people, they're just like, they're just getting together and putting out a bowl of chips and, and, uh, this doesn't feel like it has much life because when you experience that, it sets the the bar for every group experience that you have after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it really was Jesus's design with that. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So why don't we, uh, kind of contrast the two. What's the difference between... A group that had community versus a group that doesn't have community. Or put a different way, what's the difference between what some people might consider the typical Bible study as compared to a grace group with real community? What's the difference? Yeah, it's it's tough because you know we're aware that depending on when you started your group and who was the group's director when you started your group and <laughs> and you know, what your background was and what your age demographic is and all this kind of stuff, you could be functioning kind of like it's like a Sunday school class that happens to meet in a home and it's really about the Bible study. Um, But I think what we're talking about is, is this group something that is more of a transaction where somebody comes and gets uh, information and then they and then they leave or is it more of a fluid thing where you're actually doing life together where it's more mm-hmm. dynamic yeah versus just static right so i've heard you use a couple mm-hmm. times now blake this phrase do life together so mm-hmm. let's put a little meat on that what what are you talking about when we say do life together what what are some characteristics of that what do you guys so when i think about that the the biggest word that that um or the biggest phrase that comes to my mind is you are known. And it's really easy. We were talking about earlier the American worldview that we share where we're the Lone Rangers. We don't need to be relying on other people. It's just about us and what we can earn and what we can achieve and how that provides for our family. And when I think about doing life together, it's about lowering that drawbridge and letting others in and letting others be present with how you're really doing. Yeah, that's good. I think... There's that element of vulnerability or transparency that is involved in doing life together. Um, I think a lot of times we gather in large gatherings on the weekend, and that is more transactional, and that's the way it's designed to be. It's, and that's and that's okay. That's good. Um, but there's there's very little 
transparency in that or vulnerability or people knowing yeah. your life and, and what's going on with you. So the, the, the group gives you that ability to have life together, you know, to commune together in that way. So, yeah. And I think it's important to remember what the name of our, we call our groups, right? We, we call them grace groups. And yeah, mm-hmm. some people might get it confused. Oh yeah. It's because we're called grace church. Well, why are we called grace church? It's because we are giving grace to one another. Um, and that's what, that's what I think of when I think of grace groups. I think about the, the opportunity that I have to be gracious to others, but allow other, others to be gracious to me mm-hmm. uh, about the things that are going on in my own life. Yeah. So I contrast do study versus do life together. I can mm-hmm. do study together with people that I don't even know them. Exactly. Yeah. I can walk yeah, yeah. into a classroom. I can walk into a seminar and we can do study together. Mm-hmm. I can only do life together with people that I know and people know me. Like you're saying, Andrew, there's a knowing element that we know each other. Yeah. We've all got those transactional relationships in our lives. Like my dentist is someone who uh, we know each other, but it's I go there to get Mm -hmm. a service done Mm -hmm. and then we're we're done with that. Like I'm not doing life with them. It's scheduled, it's an appointment, a specific thing happens and then I leave and there's not much of a relationship beyond that. So yeah. we all have those um, in our life, but the grace group is one where we want to step away from that kind of from that kind of thing. You wouldn't want to mm-hmm. say about your marriage, um, "How's your marriage doing? Great." It's it's just we're in this great transactional season right now, <laughs> and yeah. you know we're getting things done, and bills are getting paid, and we're we're great functioning roommates yeah. right now. You wouldn't want to say that about your marriage, and you definitely wouldn't want to say that about your group. But it's easy to drift yep. into that, that I come here and I receive fill in the blank, and then we all go about our lives. Yeah. yeah. So maybe talk for a minute then about why, why do we want to do this? Um, and maybe even a prelude to that. Do you think this is something people want? Do you think people have a natural yearning or a natural need for it? Or is it something we need to expose them to or do you think people mm. come to grace church wanting community what do you guys think i i think they do even if even if it's subconscious even if they don't realize they need it uh and in our culture we we kind of thrive on independence and kind of you know doing our own thing and and then you've even got personality traits in there people who are more introverted than extroverted so they kind of like being private and all that but i know I can speak, you know, for, for me and my wife, you know, we're both introverts. She's a lot more introverted than I am. Uh, so sometimes when we are going to things where there is going to be community and exchange and all that, uh, there's always, in her more than me, but a, a kind of a, a hesitation. Like, ah, oh, man, you know, I don't know. I'd just rather kind of stay home and hunker down. But then after we go to the, the group, it's always, I'm so glad I went. You know, that was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, God really helped me, you know. And so I think people, whether they realize it or not, they need the community. It's how God's wired us. We're built that way. I mean, we saw it from the very beginning in scripture. Um, and so it, do we have to coerce them a little bit and prompt them? Yeah. I, I think that's the culture we live in. So. Kent, did you say that sometimes you uh, have to convince yourself that you should actually have your group? I've never experienced that. No, we've totally experienced that. Yeah. I mean, because they're like it's busy and you're cleaning the house and you're maybe oh, yeah. getting food prepped and and there's I think there's I think I've even heard uh, Tim talk about that from the stage that man there are there are plenty of times where you go oh, 
it, it's it is Absolutely. for group yeah. and then it happens and you're like why was i why was i so grouchy earlier about group mm-hmm. really we've all experienced that mm-hmm. absolutely right yeah and that community i think is the thing that brings people back to the group if it's just a study you know i mm-hmm. i can bag out on a study i can listen online or i can go to some other podcast but if i'm really feeling community that that's mm-hmm. what's going to draw me back that's what's going to pull me back to it yeah well, I like what, what Ryan had to say earlier about the idea of grace being exchanged in a group. We call them grace groups. We call them grace groups because that's the name of our church. And we call everything grace. We put grace before everything we do. Uh, but the exchange of grace that happens in community is really, I think, that's, that's the thing that we need. And I think that's what God's designed. Yeah, we're supposed to get grace from God directly, but I think he's also wired us to receive grace from other people. Uh, so we when we can gather with a group of people that we're dragging our mess into and coming to on hard days or days that we don't even want to be there. And in exchange, we're receiving grace from other people. I think that's what's filling the tank a lot of the time. So that's good. Good, 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 good. All right, so how does this community, this idea of community within our grace groups, how does it relate to spiritual growth? Uh, the, the whole goal here is we want people in the groups to be outward focused followers of Jesus Christ. So how does community help people do that? Uh, is it contributing to it? Is it a sidetrack? How does it relate? Anybody? And there was silence in heaven for the space. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, we're all, really, you're not here in the room. We're all looking at each other because we, we have thoughts, but we're all like, this is our first podcast. So we're looking at oh, each other I'm, going, I'm always go, happy or? to share my opinion. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah, go for it, yeah. <laughs> so I think... Um, one of the things that uh, that you reminded me of, Lynn, is Planet Fitness, right? I used to be a proud member of Planet Fitness. I'm pretty yeah. sure I forgot to cancel it, and I still am a proud member of Planet Fitness. We're paying Fitness. 10 bucks every month, aren't it's, you? It's like most a people are still <laughs> right? Most people are still a member of Planet Fitness. Uh-huh. It's right. like the lazy you get there one day. right? <laughs> and, and Planet Fitness can be, sometimes I feel the same way about like reading the Bible. It's like you have your Bible on your desk, or maybe even on your phone, the verse of the day, you know, you're... You know, run to the bathroom, you feel guilty, you pop up the verse of the day, you read it, you're like, okay, great, got my Jesus for the day, time to go on, and you're good to go. But then my wife signed us up for a different gym, and it's like one of those where you get charged if you don't show up. And I will tell you, I have missed zero workouts now, because <laughs> they know me, Yeah. right? And so it is now a different level of priority, because I am known, and I am held accountable. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that my workouts are uh, graceful mm-hmm. but they at least exist right mm-hmm. and i think spiritual growth is the same way to where it's like can you grow outside of community well absolutely you can you can absolutely grow the holy spirit ultimately is what sanctifies us and makes us more like jesus but if you're serious about spiritual growth you got to be known because that's really going to be the catalyst mm-hmm. for taking your faith seriously is being among others yeah. to take their faith seriously yeah. Well, I think this too, spiritual growth has to do with uh, maturing with other people. You know, so when you think about the New Testament's filled with what we call the one another's. Um, and so love one another, bear with one another, all these things. Well, you can't one another, one another without one another. Right. You need, well said. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, you, need, you need others to one another each other with. So um, how do you know that you're even growing spiritually if you don't have other people in your life that you're able to love and sacrifice for and do the things that Jesus 
called us to do. Yeah. So, right. yeah, Ken, I'm I'm also one of those um, introverted people, mm-hmm. and so I tend to not want to say something unless it, I'm I'm asked or or spoken to. But I've noticed the times when I I'm I decide to be vulnerable and transparent and and share whatever's on my heart. That is just a level for me of spiritual spiritual growth that continues to get stronger and stronger as I as I do that. Yeah. Um, and when you have a group where that's a safe place to do that, it, it just it, it's infectious yeah. and everybody picks up on it. And the next thing you know, you guys are going deeper than you ever thought you would. Mm-hmm. And again, it just it it just allows everyone to grow spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're the second one in the group here to talk about your the connections director and you're introverted. This, this seems like a Whoops. little disconnect here. Um, did you interview these guys before you hired them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have to make some tough calls now. We're also all wearing blue jeans and black shirts right now. So, but what that means is different personalities. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, you still need community, yeah. and we need community to draw it out. We can, we can learn about being Jesus followers in a seminar, but we can't do Absolutely. being followers of Jesus. Yeah, and really the whole introvert-extrovert thing, an introvert actually can easily achieve deeper levels of connection with people. It's just less people. Because an introvert's not afraid of people, but they're they're content with a few really deep, meaningful relationships. Whereas an extrovert might be fine with several, maybe more acquaintance-type relationships. Mm. But both of those types of people value relationships. It's just kind of in a different way and its capacity but there actually I don't know if there is a type of person who exists that truly goes I don't value any kind of relationships in any way mm. um, unless maybe it's just maybe a little insecure for them and but everybody values them in, in their own way yeah yeah so which is probably good for group leaders to keep in mind you're gonna have a group of people and there's some people that are gonna be introverts there's some people that are gonna be extroverts Um, Some people are going to jump right into feeling like community and they're going to be sharing their heart on their sleeve right away. And there's other people that are not. You're going to need to encourage that and model that a bit so that everybody is feeling like community. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Grace Group Leader Podcast. This episode is part one of two parts. While we got into the theoretical side of community in this episode, in the next one, we're going to get to the practical side. How do we actually foster great community that'll make a difference in the lives of those in our groups. See you next time.